I watched yeah. a movie last night called uh, The Eyes The Eyes of Your Mother or something. No, yeah. that was all right. That's that's how, yeah. so that's, that's, that's it. I can't think any further back now. I also watched a movie called Don't Kill It. That was that was an amusing movie. Abe, I recommend that for you. I think I actually messaged you after I watched it in Slack. Um, oh, did you? Oh, and told you to check it out because it's uh, it's basically a B-grade parody of the demonic possession horror take that there's just, you know, every fucking horror movie that's coming out at the moment is a, you know, demonic possession, all that stuff. It's like mm -hmm. a B-grade parody of it and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> they went all practical effects until the final shot, so you know it's good with practical effects. <laughs> and then with the final shot, they didn't have a budget, but they decided to VFX it anyway. Brilliant. Yeah. Just, just incredible. You can tell it's like stock lightning and stock <laughs> fire effects going simultaneously it's ah oh, well, so man. good Podcast. My name is Abe Foster, and as per usual, I am joined by Regan Harper, Balthazar Valentine, and very special guest again this time. We haven't had him for a while, but uh, Mike is back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not singing my name. Though. Sing it. Oh, <laughs> I only sang it because I thought we were going to get a like quartet thing going on. Oh but. yeah, three part harmonies would have been Regan, great. But... Balthazar, yeah. Mike. Yeah. yeah, we've got hey. Mike, the man, who's, uh, the man whose most recent Platinum was a Platinum Games game Platinum. He's, uh, oh, that's, that's not my most recent Platinum. <laughs> he's done more he's, since then. He's, <laughs> done more. He's, he's a machine. He's an absolute machine. Uh, how are you guys going? How's your, how's your Fortnite been? Uh, yeah, no, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah? I've, um, I, I've had a pretty normal kind of Fortnite. I suppose, I would say. Nothing major's gone on. Haven't, certainly haven't Platinumed any games personally. No. Um, but then I've never platinumed a game before. I, um, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I actually, Mike, I would love to know how you do that, man. Like, how? Because I, I well, this came up on the stream the other day, but it mm. was kind of like, I play through a game and I finish the main story, and then I'm like, okay, cool, time to take off all the other bits and pieces, and fuck, I can just never do it. Like, I'll do mm. three or four of the trophies, and then be like, nah, moving on to the next thing. Like, mm. is there a, is there a, a, a secret? Um, I don't know. I just like I think I mentioned it like I just like getting all the collectibles. I sort of like taking my time with games. Um, sometimes, not all the time. Um, and like for me, like if I'm really enjoying a game, then um, I'll, you know I want to get the most out of it. So you know, giving having that trophy there is just like another marathon stick. Off. Yeah, yeah. Another, yeah, another thing for me to chase after. Um, I find I find a lot mm. to admire in that, Mike, because I'm I, I want to be like that. But once yeah. I'm say with Horizon Zero Dawn, the most recent, you know, big big game that I finished, finished it, did did all the towers, did all the bandit camps, and I was like, well, nah, I'm done with this. And just <laughs> yeah. moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, you use roadmaps to kind of make it simpler to combine ones that mm. go together, or like, do you just I'll, work it out. I'll probably play through the the main story, um, you know, finish the game or whatever. Then I'll have a look at you know what what trophies are left to get. Um, if there are some where it's just like find like uh horizon zero dawn had one of these where it's just like there are 23 training dummies around the map somewhere yeah like i'm never going to find them all if i yeah yeah unless you do like a fucking grid search eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much like 
so I was just like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll look up a guide for that one. Yeah. Um, you know, if, or if there's something a bit more complicated um, or a bit more vague, um, then I'll, you know, look at what, what exactly do I need to do mm. and go off and do that. So, yeah. Did you I get know, all just... the mugs, all the, all the antique mugs that yeah, the guy wants? Yeah, that was easy. Um, you can buy maps for those. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they just straight to it, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is weird. And yeah, yeah there's, I, the, 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 I kind of <laughs> dug that one, though, because there's the... Um, you know, there's the Easter egg in there for Killzone. Oh, it's got the Killzone mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty cool. cool. I didn't actually see that. But <laughs> didn't notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice it. Too engrossed in just ticking them off. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, eh? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm big on exploration as well in the game. So I was just like, oh, what's over here? What's over here? Like, mm. unlock all the parts of the map. So. Yeah. Did you guys know there's um, Death Stranding Easter eggs in that game? Really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah you find a, a baby uh, with sort of one eye knocked out. And it says something about oh this this baby looks like it was stranded like the strand is is capitalized because oh, um, obviously Kojima using the decimal engine and everything like that they're buddy buddy with gorilla right interesting huh. pretty cool yeah um yeah so I, I mean sorry to segue like that but now my week's been kind of pretty normal <laughs> what about you guys yeah pretty normal uh, work's busy game's yeah. busy. Yeah. <laughs> games to play yeah, the, and stuff. The, yeah the games haven't stopped flowing yet they're, yeah. they're, they're still going eh? it's, mm. it's pretty intense um i just wanted to do a quick correction uh last episode uh we were talking about donkey kong or i was talking about donkey kong and made made quite a few faux pas there uh now i haven't played i haven't played the <laughs> old school donkey kongs for quite a while mucked up some of the names i want to correct that right now uh so i mentioned trixie kong doesn't exist there's no such thing. <laughs> there's Dixie Kong and there's Diddy Kong, who are girlfriend and boyfriend. There's Donkey Kong, of course. There's Kitty Kong, Cranky Kong, Wrinkly Kong, Funky Kong, and Swanky Kong. Those are all the Kongs that should Swanky be legit now. Kong. Wow. <laughs> Swanky's got to be new, right? He can't be OG. He's No, Swanky's, a, oh, Swanky's OG from Donkey Kong Country 2. He's the game show mm. host. I don't know if you, you guys remember, have ever played um, DK2, but it's, um yeah, he, he sort of questions you about... They go, you know, it's rare, so they go all meta, and they're like, what was the name of this level? And you're like, oh, uh, Crocodile Cauldron or whatever, and then you get some banana coins and so forth. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I do know stuff about Donkey Kong, but it's been a while, and I've also <laughs> received my Diddy Kong Amiibo, so he's also sitting beside Donkey Kong. So very, nice, because you, you copped a little bit of heat for that, didn't you, Abe? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. I claimed to be, uh, yeah, Donkey Kong OG, and then just pretty much shot myself on the foot immediately. Yeah, so. <laughs> by making up the name of a. a by making up the name, I got Trixie from uh, Sam and Max, the old sort of point and click um, LucasArts adventure. There's a there's a character called Trixie in that, and I've been thinking about Thimbleweed Park, which is point and click. So I had point and clicks on the brain. So apologise, everyone. Uh, we should uh, <laughs> we should be all good to move on from there. I also on the on the Nintendo front. Just wanted to talk about how bloody hard it is to find a Wii U nowadays. Why? Oh, I kind of know why it's so difficult. Is they stopped manufacturing them, but man, these things have become rare fast. Yeah, I, I can find them easy when I want to look. I just look under my TV oh, every time. <laughs> there it is. You smartass. <laughs> there, there you go, Abe. Yeah. <laughs> I just come to Balthazar's house and, uh, and flog his one. Um, but yeah, I've been looking on, you know, I've been looking on all the all the retail sites, the brick and mortars, obviously, the retail uh, auction sites and things. If people are selling them, they want, you know, extraordinary prices for them, and I'm not willing to pay that much. But yeah. I really want a Wii U because I really want to play Tropical Freeze because I've been listening to the soundtrack, finally caved and listened to the soundtrack without playing the game, and I've fallen madly in love with it. So you know what you need to do, Abe, is you need to start going out to like the. Uh, 
all those markets that they have around Auckland on the weekends. Oh, yeah, man. You need to go start hitting those bad boys up. I'd love to do that. I love me a good car boot sale, eh? Mm. <laughs> I reckon you could, you'd, if, if you looked hard enough, you'd find one, you'd get it for fucking cheap. Yeah, 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 I think so too. And there's, there's, there'll be some hidden gems in there, eh? It's like that feeling when you walk into a cash converters and, and you know, the world is your oyster kind of thing. You're like, oh, there could be, there could be, um, you know, anything from the PS1 era in here. There could be SNES games. There could be NES yeah. games. You never know. It could so. be like a, an original pre-Platinum Metal Gear Solid or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. For like six bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's a bunch of um, secondhand shops around Auckland. I really do need to take advantage of that. Mm, but uh, yeah, no. The the next thing I wanted to do is just as you know has become habit in the last few podcasts is shout out a gaming related uh, you know piece of media that's not actually a game. And this time it's a YouTuber who discovered recently uh, the YouTuber is called Writing on Games. Uh, his name is Hamish Black. And he does sort of analytical essays on on aspects of video games and video game design. Awesome, awesome work. He his most recent one he did was uh, Near Automata. I haven't watched that one because it's quite it's apparently quite spoilery. I did watch the Zelda one, uh, which isn't really spoilery, and it, it pretty much just encapsulated what Balthazar's review said. Mm, and I thought Hamish, that, the smart guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> he's Balthazar's Scottish counterpart. So. Uh, yeah, highly recommend to, to go check him out. I found out about him, uh, loved his work, watched about two hours of it in a row, and then ended up becoming a, a patron. So really, really dig him. Um, last week, we talked about Mass Effect Andromeda, <laughs> obviously. Yes, this is this is the part that I'm excited about. <laughs> the hot button, yeah, yeah. Get into it, uh, we, we put forth some review score guesses, uh, myself, Balthazar, and Regan. Now, I'll read them out, what we had uh, last time. So I guessed 85. Uh, Regan, Regan lowballed it with 76 and Balthazar <laughs> went 82. Uh, Regan took it out. It was, what, 75 in the end. This yeah. is the, the Metacritic score, is it? Uh, open Critic. Open Critic. Open Critic, critic yeah. in the end, yeah. I'll, I, hang yeah. on, I'll have a look now and see if it's changed. But last time I looked, it was definitely um, it was definitely that. So Regan pretty much smashed it. Yeah, thanks. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's... I don't know, and now playing it, like, it, it fits, like, in terms of, I'll talk about it in a little more detail later on, but in terms of everything that I've experienced with that game, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think 75 is a, about where it should be. Yeah, just, just an update on that, it's gone down to 74. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Regan, you still win, but uh, not looking good for me. Oh. <laughs> it really brought that home with the low ball score, actually. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Well, we'll move on to what we've been playing because, you know, Regan, you've still yeah. been playing Mass Effect, man. Well, Tell us yeah, about I mean, so I kind of went out and bought this game because I wanted it, like, everyone wanted it to be good. And I think, mm. Balthazar, at one stage, this was like your most anticipated it, game of the year. It was, yeah. It's definitely probably hitting me the hardest that it's such a pile of flaming garbage. <laughs> <laughs> garbage. Um, yeah. So I really wanted it to be good. And there was a little bit of a gap in terms of, like, my schedule as far as games were coming out I thought you know fuck it why not let's go out and pick up this game um and I mean I'm not going to go into too much detail on it because there's so much out there already and it's kind of I mean it's been pretty controversial um but I just want to make a few points kind of around I guess the the, what might actually sort of balance out kind of the the negative side of things and also just kind of I guess draw some comparisons and point to some of the good stuff so Let's take off the negatives first, um, because 
there's quite a few of them. So the first one is <laughs> is uh, technical issues. So you know, we're talking animations here. Um, mm. Everyone's seen them. The the facial animations are terrible, which I don't quite get because it's on the Frostbite engine, which is really fucking capable. Um, we've all seen the janky um, facial animations. There's been talk of a few broken quests. I haven't come across any, but that's pretty unforgivable, I think, in a game. Is that, so that would be game-breaking? I would imagine so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I say, I've just heard it mentioned in a few forums and things like that. I haven't seen any examples myself. But in a game like this, there should mm. be no broken quests. They're no, they're no stranger to it, though, Bioware. There was actually a quest in Star Wars Knights The Old Republic 2 that was broken, and... That game you couldn't pat it didn't get patches or updates on console because mm. the console the so error when it came it. out wasn't kind of an internet capable console error so that quest was just broken on the disc and if you ever picked up that quest you would never empty your quest log because <laughs> oh, you couldn't man. finish it <laughs> oh, that bugged me nuts? so much yeah, yeah i did it i went nuts as well i was like no i tried so hard for 100 percent completion playthrough <laughs> and i'm at like 98 percent and i can't do it oh man total oh. two was that playstation 2 uh it was it was that era it was it was on the thing is it was on classic xbox and pc both of which were internet capable but the fact that you couldn't rely on people having xbox live on xbox meant that the console version just didn't receive updates only the pc version did um so i'm sure the quest was fixed on pc and if you played it there you could probably finish it but yeah i had it on classic xbox and uh it was never patched Mm. man that's That's, a real bummer yeah that is unfortunate Mass Effect uh, deserves that that seventy four. You reckon there, Regan? Sort of yeah. pretty middle of the road, maybe yeah. a little bit less than middle of the road. Uh, yeah, pretty much, man. There's, I mean, there's a few other things in terms of like the technical issues, and and one is well, the the big one for me is um, not necessarily the facial animations, but the jankiness of a lot of just the movement animations, um, even your vehicle that you use to get around planets. That thing is buggy as fuck. Oh, like, I, 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 I saw See, one video. I don't, I don't know how that can be more buggy than the original Mako. Because <laughs> that thing wasn't buggy, it just didn't have physics applied yeah, to it, it at any point. It around like a bloody marble, eh? I saw, I saw one video of the, the buggy in Andromeda where like it was on like an ice lake and um, yeah. just like spinning around in circles. And it just like slowly and slowly started getting faster and faster. <laughs> um, I think it eventually like catapulted up into the air, but um, oh, yeah, wow. you yeah, you have to try that out. Eh? Amazing. I've, the ones I've come across are basically I'll just be going at full tit across like a sand dune or something, and then it will just stop. It'll stop dead. Like <gasps> just going I along, and, and it looks like the game is frozen up, and you're like, what the fuck? You're still holding down the accelerate button. Take your finger off accelerate accelerate again and you take off again it's like it just stopped yeah okay. i would find that so frustrating it's do you think it's like an issue where it hasn't loaded yet and so mm, instead maybe. of ha- you know hitting a screen where you actually get an indicator you know maybe there's a little loading icon at the bottom or something it just stops you assuming that your brain's going to take that extra amount of time to process i've stopped is it frozen no accelerate again and by then it has actually loaded what's in front of you oh i see what you mean like mm. the equivalent of soma when it sort of just freezes up on when you're when you're heading into a yeah, next area but yeah but where it hasn't actually frozen it's just 
cease stool movement for a second so that it has that time to catch up while your brain is pro trying to process what's just happened on your end. Right. Kind of At the end of the so day... They're, they're trying to be a, bit, a wee bit sneaky with it, if yeah. that's the case. At the end of the day, I don't give a shit why it did it. It was awful. <laughs> and fucking fix it. Anywho, so things like that. Um, and, and also things like um, when you're on your main ship, you know, you there's two levels to it, and I talked about this on the stream as well. Well, actually, maybe I didn't. I might have talked about it pre-stream, just Skyping with Abe. But, you know, there's two levels to your main ship. And it's something small, but, you know, you have to climb a ladder to get from the top floor to the bottom floor. It's supposed yeah. to be and, the future. And it makes you go... Yeah, well, <laughs> you, have yeah. you have to climb a fucking ladder. But anyway, that's not the point. You've Every time you take that ladder, you've got to go through like a five to ten second animation of old mate climbing mm. down the ladder... And jumping off and it's spinning and you lose all kind of camera control and all those sorts of things you can't pause it or get into any menus while he's climbing things like that yeah and it it's just a pain in the fucking ass like and if you want to run around and talk to everyone which is like you know what you do in mass effect um it just makes getting around your ship you know so it's, it's basically just as far as that technical stuff goes they just haven't polished they needed another six months or something just to go through mm. each mechanic and each each animation and just polish the shit out of it so those that's all kind of disappointing um the worlds and things themselves are probably the good side of it like the and and the the general idea of of andromeda and that you uh you know you're off establishing humanity in a new kind of outpost which is really cool and that sort of it gives you a really nice kind of sense of new beginning and that kind of thing with the story but the shitty thing about it is it quickly devolves from that and basically takes all of these things that they could have done, which could have been really cool, and just turn it into a quite a cliche sort of uh, sci-fi plot. There's not like mm. you know, I won't talk about that too much because people still still may want to play the game. So you, you get set up with this this awesome uh, plot precursor, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go out and find new things, and it's going to be great. And then it just kind of just falls back on its ass, and you just end up with this, I guess, nothing kind of story. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the biggest crime, I think. It sounds like it commits as it, it's such a... It sounds like it's a really boring game, really uninspired mm. kind of... I like games that are either amazing or, you know, terrible because at least they're interesting. Mm. This just sounds like it's so flat. It's, Can you identify what it is that makes the story feel meh? Like, is it the characters in the story, or is it the actual direction of the narrative itself? Yeah, so it's 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 kind of both. Like, the characters don't have a whole much to them, and they're very one-dimensional. So you you kind of meet them, and then you get to know them really quickly. Like, they obviously have those kind of first couple dialogue trees that you go through with these characters, and then that's kind of it. There's, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, like... You know, they haven't built out those characters, so mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they just kind of react in the same way that they always would to all situations kind of thing, and it, there's nothing surprising about them. Um, it's that and the story, I think, yeah. so the, the characters don't lend themselves to you really caring about them, and the story isn't particularly amazing either. And it just, to give you a, a, a like an overall kind of thing for the story, it just devolves into classic villain, mm. villain versus evil type story, there's, and that, that's it. It's like, oh, I'll kill the bad guy. Um, there's no, yeah, that's that's it. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's, I think. The, does the villain have have sort of shades of grey to him or her, or or is it just sort of quite stark contrast? I am an evil person because I want to kill everyone. That's it. That's it. There's no. Yeah, there's no. Is the villain the Halo dude from the stream? 
just the dude with the weird halo thing coming up the back yeah. of his head. Yeah, 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 that's the one. He looked pretty meh, yeah. bland. <laughs> um, I think the thing for me that, that really stands out is, obviously, because it's a game, the primary people complaining are the internet, and I would also say the internet are the reason why the game is meh. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, <laughs> prior to its release, everyone was up in arms uh, about the fact that Bioware were going to fuck up because Bioware don't know how to write a character that's diverse without cramming, we're making yeah. this character this way to specifically cover, you know, tick off the right. diversity checklist. So instead of actually taking chances and making characters that you could like, they didn't because they were afraid that, oh, we made this really cool, kick-ass black dude who's an amazing character that everyone loves, but we can't because then the internet will say, well, all right, but why wasn't he also gay or transgender or whatever yeah. and just throw that down them. So instead they decided to not take any chances at all and just make the blandest, greyest characters they could, which then in turn, it doesn't really matter how good your narrative is. I mean, you've said anyway, the narrative's not great, but even if it was great, with a bland cast traveling through it, it's not going to be as good as it could have been anyway. So I actually 100%, I mean, maybe it is just me standing up for it because I was so, you know, I was anticipating this game a lot and it does sadden me a lot that it's getting such bad scores. But I genuinely believe part of the reason it's so bad is just because of the internet, because of the social justice warriors all over the Bioware forums saying, you better fucking get your characters right or we're going to boycott you for eternity. <laughs> so they decided that the way to get it right was just to not take any chances so that they didn't piss anyone off because as it stands no one is pissed off that the characters are bland they're disappointed but they're not angry at them and i think yeah. that's all they wanted to make sure they didn't make anyone angry it's yeah it's a real shame when the political discourse comes in and, and actually has an effect on the on the game and the value of the game eh? it's it's not mm. something that's that i'm really enjoying particularly uh, you know bioware is known for what dragon age inquisition had a had a transgender character or something like that or some mm. some sort of prominent um character and when they shove that down your throat that's just lazy writing to be honest mm. that's just really really lazy writing um, i think you know ultimately the main takeaway from this game is that the trailer for it was uh basically uh proactive damage control i don't know if you guys <laughs> saw the release trailer for it uh, aptly accompanied by the song which I believe was sung by Bioware in the end I'm only human after all don't put the blame on me <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they specifically chose that song not because you know it fit maybe what humanity was doing in the game but because they knew people weren't going to like it and they just wanted to try and you know push away some of that blame and say hey look I made a mistake I'm, a, I'm only human I'm only human sung, yeah. sung by the Bioware and how <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. that's a real shame, man. But, it, is, uh, it is a little bit. I'm not even sure I'll finish it, but um, there you go. I'm still going to try and pick it up for free on PC. Like, I still, I'm owed some codes from some people and I'm still pushing for it. <laughs> like, I don't care. You know, I don't care if it does get bad scores. I played the other three. I stuck with it, even though people complained about the ending of three. I wasn't one of those people who complained because I always said the game was about the journey, not the destination. Um, and the journey was still great. It doesn't matter if the last three minutes were, you know, just plucked out of some children's coloring in book. It was, you know, it was it, the game was about the journey and about building and forging those relationships and things, and it did it really well. So I still want to play Andromeda, no matter how bad the scores are, because I loved the original trilogy so much. I will always want to play Andromeda until I have actually first-hand experienced yeah. it. 
And just, just the way you said you were owed some codes, Balthazar, it sounded like you were going around like a mafia <laughs> yeah. with getting protection money. Yeah. You there, where's my codes? It is, it is a bit like that, but, you know, not so sinister. <laughs> Amazing. All right, well, any final thoughts on Mass Effect Andromeda from anyone? Um, I, I do want to say that, you know, that it's not all bad. Like, you, it's still a game. Um, yep. you know, I mean, 70, 74 out of one hundred is still a pretty damn good score. Yeah, it's, like, it's, you know, it's, it's, seven out of ten has been a, has been a, a massive thing recently because everyone's like, oh, I didn't get eight, oh, I didn't get nine. Like, mm. if something gets a seven, that's considered shite. Yeah, and and it's not shite. It's playable. It's just not the polished experience people were after. And and it was another one of those examples of kind of like an opportunity let let go. Um, yeah. But if if you are a big Mass Effect fan, you might still really like it. So mm. um, you know. Have a look at it. Have a look at some some maybe some gameplay videos and things like that, and, and make up your own mind as to what you want. You know what you want to do with it. But yeah, I, I I'm not probably going to be the world's biggest advocate, and um, that's all I'll say on that. Alrighty. Well, speaking of a, another game that uh, you know one of us is probably not going to finish. Uh, this is the last time I'll mention Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> um, it's it's a good game. I've I've enjoyed my time with Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, I would admit, I think I'm like 25%. I assume that's 100%. They're going from 100% completion rate sort of thing. Uh, about 25% through the game. Um, I'm done with this game, guys. Oh. It, it, it was good while it lasted. Um, Mate, but you I won't, just, I you won't get the, the platinum for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't get it. Oh, my God. You wouldn't <laughs> get well. What's yeah. the what? What are some of the stipulations for the player? Um, it has multiplayer trophies, doesn't it? And no yeah, one will be playing the multiplayer trophies. anymore, so like, you won't even be able to get them. Oh <laughs> yeah. man! Um, I don't know. I just remember they're just terrible ones. Yeah, multiplayer ones where <laughs> yeah, you'd, like I played the multiplayer like one or two games, and I was just like, oh, this no. I got the yeah. multiplayer trophies. <laughs> oh, did you? When you the game did. came out, I got them. They were really easy. I think because I played um, what was the one before that that had or the first one that had online. And I played the first one that had online Syndicate? night. No, not no. No, not that's Syndicate. more recent. Uh, <laughs> Revelations. Uh, I don't know. It might have been. I, yeah, it was. I borrowed it mm. off a friend because he got um, was it Brotherhood and wrote like the spin-offs of yep. two, the continuations yep. of two. And I only ever bought into the numbered ones when I still mm. followed the series because I was like, man, the other ones it's just getting excessive now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I borrowed uh, yeah Revelations off off a friend just to try out the multiplayer, yeah. and. It, it's just one of those things. You know, every now and again, you don't necessarily need to be someone who enjoys or is good at multiplayer games, but every now and again, you pick one up and somehow you just win. I don't know if you guys have ever had that, but that was <laughs> yeah, me with I'm Revelations. <laughs> I'd just yeah. pick it up and I was, I was just top of the scoreboards every single round. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Apparently, my robotic nature means that people can't tell me apart from an NPC, which is the whole point of the multiplayer in that game, to disguise yourself as an NPC. Yeah. And I was perfect at it. No one could tell. I, apparently, I just had NPC behavioral patterns down. So you projected your plateau of emotion <laughs> onto the actual yeah. character. Itself. So I nailed it. And so, yeah, I did when 4 came out and I played it. I jumped into the multiplayer first, knowing that, you know, the multiplayer is not going to be around forever. So if I want the trophies, I've got to get them now. And I cleaned them all in the first afternoon of owning the game. I got all the multiplayer trophies. Yes. What that yeah. game needed was a multiplayer where you're fighting in the pirate ships. Does, does, it not yes. have, does it not have that? No, no, so it's kind of like you're walking around a marketplace um, and you disguise yourself as, yeah, as just a bystander yeah. or what have you. So it's and, like you, yeah. you pick one of the, like, five characters or something, but every NPC is one of those five characters. Right, and right. So, so it's, gotta... the, it's the precursor to that watchdogs yeah. multiplayer. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. You, you get, like, a, a target to assassinate and it sort of, like, points you in the general direction of the target. Um, 
and so you got to like run around and figure out which which one of these is the actual like person sounds yeah. dumb yeah Ultimately, so you just exciting. stand still in a group of four other people that look exactly like you. Wait until the like... clock starts counting down the last 30 seconds so all the people still in the game get panicked and start sprinting <laughs> around. And then you just backstab everyone as they sprint past you and then step I, back I, into your crowd again. I kind of like that, the sound of that. Like, I like the idea of hiding from people in plain sight. That's actually kind of appealing to me. But uh, yeah, no, I'll never play the multiplayer. It's never going to happen. Um, mm. Well, I'm barely playing the single player, so we'll dumping yeah. that and i'm never going to speak <laughs> well, about it again but yeah I, if i was reviewing it well, i would give it a, a 7 out of 10 uh yeah. black flag i've enjoyed I, my time with it it's still got that clunky assassin's creed movement going on uh it's still got glitches everywhere uh, <laughs> but it's, it's it's actually been a lot of fun and i can't say that about the previous assassin's games i've, I've played in between uh well after two i would say mm-hmm. I, I was big into uh, black flag back in the day before yeah. i before I had a big or I had a big hate boner for everything Ubisoft. Um, <laughs> Did you say hate boner? <laughs> yeah, but just like I, I refuse to get anything Ubisoft anymore. Mm. Like, yeah. Uh, no. What about, so you haven't played Stick of Truth and you won't play Fractured But Whole? Uh, I did play Fractured But Whole briefly. You I mean, played I'm, Stick of Truth, Fractured But Whole. Oh, so yeah, sorry, the Stick of Truth, yeah. <laughs> sorry, coffee, it still hasn't kicked in. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Black Flag, I was, I was actually, um, like they've got leaderboards in the game, so I think... Mm. I was like for a brief period of time, I was like top of the leaderboards in New Zealand. Wow, uh, oh, man! For Black Flag, <laughs> I was aim to fame, Mike. Uh, I don't. It was for like a week screenshot. Or it. <laughs> yeah. I might have, yeah. Yeah, I. I just remember I got a screenshot of like, like w- the ship where um, there's a glitch where it would just like, I think the way the the water worked, it was like sort of attached to like a the base of the ship. Mm. Um, so if it, uh, uh-huh. there's a bit where you like walk up up to the ship and there would just be a big hole in the sea and it's because like the ship has like spawned like you know 20 meters down or so and so you just right. got like the the mast sticking up out of this hole Amazing. and then it like slowly slowly rises up the <laughs> oh, like, like pirates <laughs> of the caribbean or something yeah that's yeah something like that it was, it was bizarre eh? I think I managed to, um, like, for one of my birthdays, I got given the other one, um, the one in the... The, mm, the, the shotgun one. Yeah, the the, other, the one that came after Assassin's Black Assassin's Creed Black. shotgun. Assassin's Creed yeah. <laughs> um, Welsh... Welsh naval man. Yeah. I oh, just the, remember uh, the cover oh, I had a dude yeah. with a shock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about Rogue, Rogue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I played that one. Um, I managed to get on the leaderboards for that as well and then realised that something was going wrong with my life and I stopped playing. <laughs> the day that I got onto the leaderboard, I was like, nah, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah. Ubisoft mm-hmm. had a bit of a resurgence with, um, well, I really enjoyed what I played of For Honor, although apparently that game is nearly unplayable due to <laughs> network um, connectivity issues. And Regan really enjoyed Watch Dogs too, so uh, I haven't written them off. I wrote them off for a while because they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. But um, yeah, I don't know. And and I'm definitely in for Fracture by Hole, of course. Why wouldn't you be? Uh, but yeah, that's the last we'll speak of, of Black Flag. Um, the uh, the other thing I've been playing, which now has a review up on the site, overcastgamer.com, and we also did a stream of it on uh, the most recent after dinner stream on Friday, is Snake Pass. Uh, Regan was there for the stream and Mike was in the chat. Uh, Balthazar unfortunately couldn't make that one, but man, what a great game. Absolutely enjoyed, you know, enjoyed the hell out of the stream. So much joy flowing from, from every, every orifice. (laughs) (laughs) That is an awful, Um, awful image. It's yeah, it's, it's such a good game. It's, it's perfect sort of pick up, have a massive grin on your face get some collectibles, you know, do it for an hour or so, come back to it the next day, do the same thing, 
you can do other things while you're playing if you you know if, if the music gets a bit much because that's one of my criticisms is there's not enough music for sure i think there's one track per world it's mm. about six five or six stages per per world so it does get a little bit repetitive the music's great but there needs to be more of it um yeah a couple of camera issues here and there but overall man like what a great game that is it's just so fun so joyous it really embodies the the feeling of how difficult it would be to be a snake <laughs> you have to drag your whole bloody body around every you know up up vertical poles and things and your body betrays you sometimes and pulls you down and it's like oh god damn it never played anything like that before mm. absolutely mind-blowingly mm. good love it that's pretty um, cool yeah. what what um like if you were to say like let's say for example you were trying to convince balthazar that <laughs> this was the game that he needed needed to play this year yeah what would you say oh man that would be tricky because most of my most of my you know this is a very personal it feels like a very personal game to me um i know a lot of people i've seen a lot of criticisms of it people couldn't get on with the controls and all that sort of thing everything in this game just clicked for me i think uh to to appeal to someone like balthazar who is you know interested in game design and, and getting analytical and stuff I would, I would I would say play it just to experience the controls and see if you see if they gel with with you know with your brain kind of thing because I think some people do and some people don't. It's a really interesting movement scheme they've they've figured out here. Um, and yeah, just just see what you think of it. You know, in terms of the physics and the control scheme, because mm. it does seem quite interesting in that regard. Like, I mean, no one's ever made a game where you control a snake before, as far as I know. What about snake? No. <laughs> aside, from, yeah. aside from <laughs> snake, or maybe if you want to be a dickhead, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, uh, or there's snake rattle and roll on the like 3DO or something like way, way back in the day. But yeah, not not on this level where it sort of simulates the actual physics of the snake and stuff like that. Mm. It's, um, yeah, pretty awesome. The the game could definitely benefit from a a frame bump to 60. I think you you can choose to do 60 on the PS Pro. Oh, yeah. um, and also some higher, you know, higher res textures every now and then. But overall, what a what an awesome game! I had a great time with this game. So um, yeah, feel free to, to go and check out the review on overcastgamer.com. And that is everything I've been playing. Balthazar, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been playing a lot of things, but not a lot to talk about. Essentially, um, same as always. <laughs> Overwatch's been kicking around, not a lot to talk about. Uh, still, Breath of the Wild, a lot to talk about, but nothing really worth talking about because we have talked about it before. It's yep. fantastic. What I will say, actually, that's changed since uh, we last talked about it is I've now unlocked the percentage meter um, in the corner of the map screen that shows you the percentage of your completion rate. You need to unlock that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So essentially, it's not there before a point where you've done enough completion for the game to deem you to care about your or, or worthy of knowing what your completion percentage is. <laughs> this is um, a big game then. <laughs> so I played for over 100 hours and my completion is currently at 26.66%. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, and so, yeah, that does indicate I've spent a lot of time considering there are people who, you know, at 60 hours had like over 30% and stuff. Yeah, I spent a lot of time pissing around not doing completion stuff, but that also just speaks to the strength of the game that I've been playing over 100 hours and only... 26.66% of the game's stuff that's considered 
completion has actually stood out to me as something to do so far at this time kind of thing. I've just been messing around the rest of it doing other stuff. So it's still got a lot to do there, um, obviously. 74% wow. of the game still <laughs> ahead of me. Um, Have you been playing undocked or docked, Balthazar, mainly? Uh, so both. Uh, and originally it was mainly docked just because I liked playing it as a console, but now it's probably about a 50-50 split. Um, okay. I do carry it around with me now, play it on the bus, play it at work. Yep. Um, on the DL. <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, playing it all the time. Um, and yeah, there are points where I'll get to something and then I'll save it for when I'm docked again because some stuff I just want to experience, you know, on the big TV and everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, for example, I made my way through Hyrule Castle um, in bed one evening and then saved when I got up to the door with Ganon behind it because I was like, no, I want to fight Ganon on the TV. Um, nice. But yeah, so it is a 50-50 split, um, but still fucking loving it. Um, I, re I, I restarted uh, Shadow of Mordor, chucked that back in the PlayStation, because um, obviously Shadow of Wars August this year. So I wanted to kind of just jump back, back in and re-familiarize myself with that game. Um, enjoying it. I, it's hard to stick with it this time around. I'm trying to platinum it. Um, Ooh. Mike will be pleased to hear. <laughs> I, I'm at like 70-something percent. I, I got a lot of the trophies the first time through because I played it a lot. Uh, it's just some clean-up stuff. But I'd, I found out that I replaced my hard drive after playing Shadow of Mordor when I first did it, so I have had to start from the very beginning again with nothing. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a bit of a pain, but it's pretty good as well because I'd completely forgotten how to play the game, so I'm just re-familiarizing myself with the abilities as I unlock them kind of thing. Nice. Um, so I'll slowly make my way through that, um, but Zelda keeps, you know, sidetracking me from it. <laughs> I am so fucking di like I'm uh, like as you were talking then I was checking my internet banking to see if I could justify working <laughs> for the store and buy an Nintendo Switch after this. Like, it, oh man. Yeah. Balthazar, cool. have you seen anyone out in public uh, who you didn't know playing their Switch? Uh, yes, uh, I mean, so you guys may remember I told you, um, I think it's when we were coming in to record a podcast some other time maybe, um, and I said that I saw a dude who looked well chuffed with himself, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who was yeah, leaving right. EB with that bag, and I could see through the bag, and there was a Switch in it, and Zelda in it. I saw that same dude the other day walking along the waterfront playing his Switch. <laughs> nice, nice. And I was like, man, this dude, he's got it, he knows, he knows yeah. life, he's got it sorted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've seen a few people sitting around playing it, uh, and also uh, a, a Kyle and his brother Aaron as well picked them up after both being like, why did you buy a Switch? It's only 900p when docked. Blah, 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 blah. And then they're both like, oh, I caved. <laughs> I bought one. Turns out, actually, I don't care as much about, you know, technical stuff as I said I did. I care about fun, and it's fucking fun. So they all, um, yeah, they all yeah. bought one as well. Yeah. Nice. I can um, I can see I can picture in my mind that uh, you know that food court where JB Hi Fi yeah, is in Wellington. Yeah. Everyone everyone sitting at those tables by themselves playing their switches for some reason. <laughs> that seems like the perfect place for that to happen. Yeah, it would be good for it. Yeah, um, and you're right outside JB as well. So you know you just step in there and buy an amiibo to scan in. While you're <laughs> with, with the with the three oh Nintendo DS because that's got like the Street Pass thing. Does mm. the Switch have anything like that? So not yet. The network yeah. features are currently kind of very minimal on the Switch mm. at the moment. Nintendo have said kind of they are slowly going to be adding the features as it comes yeah. out. But at the moment, stability was what on console launch they wanted mm. the network features to be stable. So they only included uh, kind of the store and mm. the social functions of just right. having a friends list and seeing what they're playing and stuff like that um, to make sure that that's all stable because they, I guess, had no idea what the adoption rate would be of the Switch when it first came out and how much strain mm. would be on the servers. Um, and they're supposedly slowly going to be adding more. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that.
Um, Shovel Knight I, is bafflingly expensive on the eShop for some reason. I was like, oh, can I justify going getting a Switch? I want Shovel Knight now? I want Zelda. It's like $42 or something. Whoa. Wow, yeah. that's It's it's interesting. I've seen prices come up because it seems that what, what they did, which was quite clever, suckered me into buying something, not Shovel Knight, um, Bomberman. But they, uh, yeah, on the <laughs> on the launch week, everything was really cheap on the eShop. Like the stuff that came out with it when it came out in the eShop within that first week, which I think was Shovel Knight, a few old... Uh, fighting games yeah. and uh, Bomberman, they had them all really cheap. Um, and I think it was just to try and, you know, people were already in that frame of mind where they've just bought a Switch, they're already spending money, so let's get them to spend yeah, yeah. more. Mm. Um, and yeah, now it seems to have kind of settled and things have bumped to, I guess, what their normal price is going to be. Um, yep. Yeah, which is interesting seeing them all kind of go up a bit, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Mm. We'll, we'll wait and see if they do sort of monthly sales or something like that. Um, you know, discounts and things like the PS4 does. I it's still early days. Shovel Knight must have been on sale uh, about a month ago or so because I picked it up. I wouldn't mm. have paid more than 20 bucks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What, what, did you, what did you pick it up on, Mike? Oh, the um, uh, 3DS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I knew about that. I would have picked that up too. Um, and yeah, the only other thing I've been playing, which I is something I don't talk about much at the moment because um, it's been talked to death over a year or so that we've been doing the <laughs> podcast. But I feel like I, I want to mention it because it's the first time ever I reach kind of a conflict point with it, and that's Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, There's yeah. an expansion coming out at the end of June, and so essentially what that means now is that the devs are putting all their time and resources into developing the expansion, and they have pretty much said, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, they released the final pre-expansion content patch. So I whipped through that content, and now I'm just kind of sitting there like, what do I do? <laughs> because I can grind gear that will in three months be completely redundant because the level cap will go up so all the gear will be shared. I can, you know, do all this other stuff. Every, basically, we're at a point now where nothing new is going to be added and anything I achieve is going to be immediately redundant. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm concerned. I'm concerned <laughs> because <laughs> the hardest thing about playing an MMO is leaving the MMO. Like, MMOs suck you in. When you're playing them, you keep playing. When yeah. people leave, they see what life is like without <laughs> having to, you know, grind their dailies and their weeklies and all that stuff, and it becomes harder to come back. Now, I've already left. I leave Final Fantasy XIV frequently. Like, I go for kind of six-month breaks, let the content build up, and then come back. So my fear isn't for myself. I love this game, and I know I'll come back. My fear is for the population of the game, because if there's a three-month content drought now and people start leaving... I don't know that they will come back when the expansion comes out and that would make my experience with the expansion lessened because there will be less people to play with, longer wait times for things. Um, so I yeah, think, I'm a bit concerned. At the end of the day, like, it's, it is a huge MMO and there is a massive player base out mm -hmm. there. Like, I don't think a couple months of like a slight drought of end game content is necessarily you, you would gonna... expect people to come back once the expansion yeah. comes out. I really... think it's the, the fool me once shame on shame on what is it? shame on you fool me twice shame on me because the exact same thing happened before heaven's ward there was a three-month content drought and i'm just wondering now if the mentality is going to change slightly to okay last time you know you did it and i was like that's that's not great but i came back this time you're doing it again 
Yeah, it tells me you haven't learned from last time that you lost a whole load of subs, people lost interest, some people didn't return for Heaven's Ward. Mm. They stayed out when they were out. So I'm wondering if less people are going to come back this time than did for Heaven's Ward because they're going to be like, well, fuck it. They just keep going for content. They seem to not be learning their lesson and learning that people will leave if they don't keep delivering. So I don't know. I'm concerned for the future of the game, but not hugely so not enough to be like so fuck it i'm not playing it anymore mm -hmm. i'm still going to be logged in every fucking day um <laughs> but i don't know i'm a little wary i'm a little wary interesting oh we'll have to keep an eye on that one other than uh, that so though i've been good the past fortnight i uh there's been a lot of sales going on lately around new zealand for games um and i've not bought any I feel nice. like I've been well behaved because normally nice. I, uh, yeah, I see a sale and I just buy shit. Just, I just buy it. I'm like, why not? Why do I not have this? Why should I not have it? And then I just get it. <laughs> there is no reason um, I should not have exactly, this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But no, I've been really good. I've been like, no, I'm going to be content with what I have because what I have is fucking fantastic and I don't have enough time to play everything that I already have. Mm. So I should absolutely not get more things. So, I, you know, the only, things I've, so. yeah, the only things I've bought over the past fortnight have been Amiibos. <laughs> because nice. well, I need yeah. those. Those are a necessity. <laughs> you, you're with me there, Abe. Right? You know what it's yeah, like. Yeah, I absolutely imagine you're still, there. The, still recovering. I was going to say, the only game that I bought that was on sale was uh, SteamWorld Dig on my 3DS because it was $3. I was like, wow, got to get that. I already have it on oh, PS4, shit. but man, what a great game to just have on 3DS. Yeah, and that's an insane price as well yeah. for a, yeah. for, for something Nintendo. through a first-party like Nintendo area like the eShop kind yeah. of thing like wow what are they doing <laughs> yeah yeah it was like three dollars 47 or something weird like that you know the, the complete currency conversion but yeah that's like the good. cost for theme on 3ds <laughs> 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 anyway uh mike what have you been jamming man um oh a few quite a few games since i last talked to you guys uh, on the on the podcast but i won't i won't go back all the way um near automata uh Sort of uh, not not most recently, but um, I really loved that game. Um, and this was just, the one that you've platinumed since. Oh no, you said no. Net, forget about yeah, it. Continue. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, just a really fun game. Um, yeah, I probably won't talk about it too much, but um, you know, great combat, great characters. Um, like the some of the level design, like is. I found it didn't look so great. Like if you go up to mm -hmm. some areas, like oh, you know, it's copy and pasting the buildings all around the place. Um, but then there are some areas where um, you know I'd show up in an area and I'd just be like, "Wow, like this is amazing!" Like, mm -hmm. like I did not expect to, to see this sort of thing. Just like the area with all the white flowers, whatever they're called, the tears or whatever. Um, yeah, I suppose that, that area looked really cool. Yeah, I didn't because really cool, I yeah. think I got to that really late. When yeah. I did go down, I was like, "This is so different to everything yeah. else." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are just like a number of places like that where I'm just like, "Whoa, cool!" Um, like some big, huge boss battles, and like the way the whole story comes together in the end with like um, not just with um, you know the the machines you're fighting against, but with the characters as well. Like it, mm. the the end of the story really built towards like um, sort of like crescendo with characters and um mm. the enemies and like just the whole game came together and it was just like such an amazing um way to finish the game um but yeah absolutely love that game it's it's got to be in one of my it's like, gonna go top, on your top 10 list yeah it's probably on my Shit. top 10 list but yeah. i am um, man well yeah, balthazar's really... pretty much convinced me to play that game just from mm. his his comments on the storytelling because i'm you know i'm not mm, really yeah. interested in the gameplay that much hack and slashes don't yeah. really do much for me but the storytelling um, sounds quite innovative, and I'm definitely intrigued by that. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's just so fresh. Like it's um, like with with the um, the risks they took 
in, um, in, in telling that game and the way they presented it um, mm. just made it seem like real fresh and original, um, yeah, which I really loved. And it, it's really weird as well. Um, we just like, <laughs> I know that like, the, the most immediate thing I think of is like your standard plebe enemy is this little like, looks like a little wind up toy um, <laughs> and he, um, they'll come at you like their eyes will flash red. And then he sort of like spins his arms around, like you know you'd expect like a little kid to do, just go like yep. to fling his arms in circles, and he like runs yeah at yeah you. yeah. It's like that. That's his like basic attack. It's like this really <laughs> like simplified thing, but is um, it the kind of thing where it starts with that sort of like low level, uh, it's kind of kiddie playground type stuff, and you're just beating up these funny little wind up mm. toys, and you and by the end of it, you're fighting like big fucking like thirty armed animatronic like death spiders. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. Um, you there's, pretty there's aptly sort of... described one of the boss fights towards the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. But um, yeah, that, that's the thing is like um, when I started playing the game, I was kind of like. I was trying to sort of judge like how serious is this game like because mm. um, there are some very light-hearted moments but it gets really dark towards the end where you're just like fuck <laughs> like what is going i can't apologize to enough yeah. to platinum for this game like I, yeah. when i first talked about near um on the podcast i said it's a highly enjoyable game but unfortunately, it came out around too many other good games. I think mm. it's going to be forgotten, and I don't think it's going to be on anyone's top tens um, for the year. It's going to be on my top ten as it stands <laughs> at the moment, easily. Like mm. I, I was so wrong. Like I was still in the first act, and I, you know, was one of those people that was just blinded by the naivety of their pre- presentation of the game. Mm. Um, yeah. And upon actually experiencing the full game, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's mm. easily up there with my like. So far, if the games I played this year, it's number two without a doubt. The awesome. the closest comparison I've it's seen online, without going into spoilers, because I, I I don't really know much about it, is uh, people have been comparing it to Metal Gear Solid Two, which I'm really mm. intrigued by. That sort of meta fourth wall breaking type stuff is is great if it's pulled off well. Uh, so. I kind of see it in on multiple layers. There's the fourth mm. wall breaking stuff, and then there's also the fact that the game was from a lot of angles prior to release presented as being the story of one character and playing as one character but mm. actually they aren't in the spotlight um, right. and it is something else yeah very... I'd, I'd sort of argue that like 2b isn't the main character at all no like even though she's yeah. she's present throughout the whole story and even one of the biggest twists to the narrative is involving her and comes at the very end yeah there's still the game itself yeah i would say she's not the main character yeah well, we're having to mm. censor ourselves quite a bit because <laughs> yeah. we might have to yeah. do like a full-on spoiler cast <coughs> with you two just going at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd love to talk about this game properly yeah. without yeah. having to hide yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, same. Because <laughs> like, there's there's so much that like all, that you can't talk about. Like most of the game, mm. like you can't talk about because because of spoilers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like definitely that, that's my game of the year so far. Awesome. Nice. Mm. Nice one. Mm. Uh, then, what else uh, have you been playing there, Mike? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. Uh, yes. So um, yeah, pick this up and um, yeah, just such an amazing looking game, eh? It's um, very cool. yeah, visual yeah. visually, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been so, playing it on the pro as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So, so I I started playing it on the PS4, and then I was like, uh, well, one of my friends earned got a PS4 Pro, and um, sort of put the idea in my head, and mm. I was like, I've got a 4K <laughs> TV, I've got I've got this game which is going to look amazing, you know, why not? Like, so I just yeah picked up a pro. Um, and yes, it, it runs really well. Um, I mean, it, it looks really awesome on the PS4 anyway. It's really well optimized for it. 
Um, so I wouldn't say there's too much of a, a jump because it still looks amazing on the, the normal one. Um, yeah, like the, this game, I think um, story is sort of front and center in this game. Um, like, yeah, I just got really into it. It's got um, just an amazing sort of like history of the world and the way it's built with all the different tribes and their cultures and like it's a, you can get really immersed in the story. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, they've, they've mm. built a really cool world around it, eh? mm. and, and it's kind of the complete opposite to Mass Effect in a way. Like they, <laughs> They've kind of nailed all of those yeah. things that you want to have nailed, the yeah, story yeah. and the characters and the way the stories and characters bounce back and forth. It's, mm. yeah, it's pretty special yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I can, you can definitely see influences of like The Witcher 3 in there. Which um, like I'm really happy about because um, like just The Witcher Three being such an amazing game, I you know was kind of hoping you know this would set the bar for future games. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was kind of disappointed with um, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, is that they still have man that, really that shit fizzled out well, well quick, eh? Mm. That game. Yeah, like, like I, yeah, I've got that game. It was like I, I really like things about Fifteen, but there are like so many things I disliked about it as well. Mm. But um, yeah, anyway um the back to the machines um like the enemies in uh, horizon are, are really well designed like so well designed um like just with the whole way combat works is you know you have enemies will have weak spots that you have to sit, hit with like certain types of arrows like flaming arrows or yeah. pair, sort of tearing animal uh, uh, tearing arrows um yeah the, the combat's probably mm. the best in any open world game yeah, i've yeah. played i think but um yeah one, one thing i saw which was really amazing is um have you seen those um crab machines the shell walkers yeah yeah, yeah. Got the crate on the back so mm. they're carrying around this like basically a loot crate which is attached with a latch <laughs> and so you can shoot the latch off and it'll drop the crate yeah um yeah. but this machine like it, its whole thing is like transporting this crate mm. so after i broke its latch um i was still fighting it and it actually walked over to the crate picked it up and it's like claw hand things and um, slid it back onto its back and yeah. it was like holding it there with like one of its arms. One of its arms, yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, mm. you know, <laughs> they they programmed this to like just protect its its crate. Like, yeah. And it's um, that's its whole thing. world yeah. is that fucking crate that <laughs> yeah. carries around on its back, eh? Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, no, I... You saw that as well. I noticed that as mm. well and was kind of at the time like quite impressed by it. But um, there's so much... To, the issue with Horizon for me is that there's so much to say about it. It's difficult mm. to cram all of the positive things into, mm. you know... Um, into a succinct kind of review or, or whatever you want to call it, mm. but that's yeah, that's a good point. Like those, the the machines are so cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably one of the the lower points for me is like because I was enjoying the the story so much. Um, is I, I just probably the way I was playing it really is I went out and explored everything before like continue, continuing in the story properly. Mm. So like. That was sort of sort of a lull for me, you know. I still enjoyed all the exploring, but um, like, and plus it with it using, you know, I'm sure it's been mentioned is like a lot of mechanics taken from other games. So mm. to me, it just felt like a really safe game, you know, compared with the way Nier worked out. It was, you know, they they tried all these new things and it worked out really like it felt really worked fresh. Out well, yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. Horizon. It's almost like Andromeda tried to have the same thesis as Horizon, 
it was going to play it safe and it was going to take mm -hmm. things that wouldn't rock the boat but that people would mm -hmm. enjoy but they picked the wrong things like horizon made all the right choices and picked all the best things to put together so that they were still playing it safe and they were mm -hmm. delivering something that they knew people would already respond well to but mm -hmm. they picked things that people would respond well to whereas <laughs> mass effect andromeda tried to do it and they tried to play it safe but they mm -hmm. picked all the wrong things to be safe with and, 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 and horizon just together. had it had the core of the game sort like the story mm. and the characters great mm. like yeah. Mass, and Mass Effect would be cool if they had that stuff sorted as well yeah. Yeah, and like, you could forgive all the janky animations and things but mm. it, it, at the, yeah, it's those things that the bedrock of the, the game that, that they haven't nailed mm. so yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah Horizon the characters as well like um, really well um, put together characters um, you know, they've all got their own sort of motivations and stuff and I, I personally I found the um, like the talking to characters and their, their facial anima animations mm, and just mm. like you'd notice little tiny things like um you know they'd, they'd squint and you'd see like tiny like wrinkles form under their eyes and that, that sort of thing mm. yeah like um just really well done yeah really impressive um what else? Nice. Well, we're, we're, we're probably going to have to cut you short there, Mike, I'm afraid, because we're, we're <coughs> unfortunately running long again. We, we don't seem to be able to, to approach yeah, I mean, ourselves. That's about me, don't anyway, so. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll rush, rush through some news really quickly, a couple of news items, pretty big ones there. Uh, Destiny 2 has mm. been announced, and a trailer, uh, there was a teaser, then there was a trailer uh, with uh, Cade 6 sitting in the cinematic bar. Cinematic teaser for a cinematic trailer. Just what we all wanted. Bloody, no glimpse yeah. of, well, obviously you, you mentioned Balthazar. Gameplay's going to be the same, so I suppose there's no real point in having a gameplay trailer, but mm. uh, cinematic trailer's never that exciting, particularly. Um, you're, you're sort of the Destiny fan here. What did you think of it? Uh, it kind of delivered what I guess people who already liked Destiny wanted in a way, which was yeah. some form of confirmation that narrative was actually going to be a focus this time around, that they were going to put characters and they were going to put a story into it and the story wasn't going to be, you know, explained through... Uh, cards that you unlocked and then had to go externally to a website to read to get the story like it looks like they're actually going to cinematically put the story in the game and have your actions centered around an event rather than you know it, it's it's done best by effectively saying destiny one was exploratory not just so the game itself was exploratory because they tried to make a game that they said was going to last 10 years um so, you know, they made it in a style that meant they could keep adding additional content into it without changing it or breaking it up or anything. Turned out the experiment went horribly wrong when they didn't deliver enough content up front <laughs> yeah. um, or enough content with each additional pack that you had to pay for to justify it. Um, but it, it was an exploration into a new type of shooter. Um, and then the story itself was of exploration, which is why there was no story. You were just a, a, a guardian who's purpose effectively was exploring these different planets within the galaxy to assess the threat of these different alien races. Um, so Destiny 1 on a whole can be pretty much summed up as an exploration, um, whereas Destiny 2 it seems like they've advanced it where they've now focused, they know what they want to deliver, they know what people want them to deliver, they know how to deliver it, so this time this game is war. They're reclaiming their name, they're reclaiming the you know credit that Bungie should get, and they've decided to also approach the narrative from an angle of war. The people who you are exploring the, and assessing the threat of have decided that actually, hey, that's not cool, you're a bit of a threat, so they've attacked your home. Um, and 
then you know it's it's evolved into full scale war kind of thing. Um, so I think I think above all else, Destiny as a franchise is going to be just a really interesting one to follow, pretty much always, just to see what they're doing with it because I yeah. think it's a really good idea that they had for the franchise and so far it's not worked out for them but i i'm still i'm interested i really want to see what they do with it and where it goes and i do have hopes that it becomes successful because bungie are good bungie are great um, and i want them to you know reclaim that greatness and i'm hopeful that destiny 2 will do that for them Oh, very cool. Well, that's that's got a release date, does it? Destiny two sometime or? in September. And it's September tenth or something. Okay. Um, and oh, it yeah. has been confirmed. Uh, there was a lot of stuff saying no. It's still just rumor. It's never. It has now officially been confirmed. It's coming to PC as well. So okay, that's cool. Well, you got your unlocked uh, frame rate. There. Yep. Yep. <laughs> very nice very nice uh well balthazar you have updated your most anticipated game again yeah then. i keep doing it because they keep announcing new things so it was originally mass effect andromeda and prior to andromeda's release it wasn't because it was you know turned out to be garbage that i changed it before it came out shadow of war was announced and i changed it to that saying actually hey no that's it but now something else has been announced is it a new and kingdom hearts game it's not <laughs> and if it was that still wouldn't that wouldn't do it for me now kingdom hearts 3 has been pissing around for too long um obviously i'm still going to get it and i'll still love it but it, even it will never be my most anticipated game for the year it comes out because sure. i will never truly believe it's coming out um it's starcraft starcraft uh, one um uh, remade at in 4k and upscaled and and glorious modern technical feats uh starcraft one and brood war in particular the finest example of video game storytelling ever um and so just retelling that now as long as they don't change it they do just literally remake it but make it look like starcraft 2 visually it's going to be amazing i'm so excited for it i'm so pumped and it's got me replaying through starcraft 2 i started up wings of liberty and then i'll jump straight into heart of the swarm and uh legacy of the void as well playing through them mike be proud again playing through them on brutal to get all of the achievements nice. so <laughs> so yeah um but man yeah starcraft one i'm excited for that as well actually yeah, yeah. what is Have it blizzard ever remade one of their games well, yes and no. Um, not separately. They've never remade a game and sort of remade it as an entire game. They rebuilt World of Warcraft, I believe, but they just kind of released that as a, you know, 50 gig update or whatever. If you're right. playing the game, you had to download this to keep playing, and it completely upscaled and retextured the entire game world and all the characters and everything. Um, so they effectively remade the, the models for everything. Um, but no, I don't believe they've remade one of their games completely from the ground up um, and required you to repurchase it before kind of thing because it's that different from the mm. initial release. Mm. What oh, is that, it? Uh, that's going to do gangbusters because, uh, you know, they're still running off that goodwill. Well, they always have goodwill, but that, that Overwatch goodwill. So Yeah, that and... Um, what the content they've been adding to StarCraft 2 goes down really well as well. There's this mode in StarCraft 2 called, uh, it's just co-op mode, isn't it? I think. Have you played any co-op mode, Mike? No. So effectively what happens is you pick a commander who is a character from the storyline, so you can be like Alarak or Kerrigan or whoever, and you play co-op with one other person online and you have objectives that you have to meet. So it's basically like playing through a separate story campaign hmm. from the perspective of that character. And there are like really random ones, like who's that dude, that like German dude who was like a hybrid, half Zerg, half human, and he was kind of, he was in the Heart of the Swan campaign. Like there's him, oh. he's one of the co-op commanders. Oh, he was so like, you can like play Russian, his story. Yeah, yeah, um. and you can play his storyline yeah. and stuff. Like it's really weird. 
But they've been adding all this stuff, and StarCraft 2 has actually been constantly evolving as a game since it first came out. So even the people in that scene, like Blizzard have generated a huge amount of goodwill, and people are, while StarCraft 2 compared to StarCraft 1, a lot of people weren't fans because the narrative was nowhere near as, as high quality, which right. it's one of those things where when you make a 10 out of 10 game, your next game is going to be critiqued extremely harshly mm. because that's mm. the mark it's held up to. That's the bar that it's compared against. Uh, and they did so well with StarCraft 1 that it was always going to be a mission to get people to accept StarCraft 2. Um, and they unfortunately didn't quite nail it as a campaign game. Um, they nailed the multiplayer aspect and people love that. But mm. remaking StarCraft 1 is the logical step, to be honest. <laughs> like, Because it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be so good. And StarCraft was a re- like it has or has been for a long time the the kind of go to esports game. Mm. Eh? It was kind of esports. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much put mm. esports yeah. on the map yeah. as a thing. Mm. I wonder if maybe they're looking to get it. Like Blizzard is looking to really get a foothold as far as esports go by bringing this back and mm. saying like, you know what, fucking fuck, get fucked, COD, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and and <laughs> Counter Strike and all yeah. those kind of things. Like people want to be playing. Mm our games on on i guess what i want to know is they're obviously going to bring the servers back online for this like it's going to be you know it's a new game they're going to have the servers it's going to be multiplayer and it's going to replace starcraft 2 like it almost certainly is as the you know the competitive starcraft game so my question then becomes do they introduce the units into this remake that they added for StarCraft 2, like the Colossi and stuff, that largely changed the scape of playing races like the Protoss. Because Mm. if they don't, if they do, that would have an impact on... Unless they only added it to multiplayer, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, if they did add those new units, it would have to only be to multiplayer, because otherwise you would be changing the story Mm. by adding these units that have story tie-ins to StarCraft 2 that should Mm. not yet exist in the Mm. StarCraft 1 universe. You'd be retconning stuff. So they would have to leave those units out. But then my fear would be if they just left them out of the game completely, would this remake take off as the replacement StarCraft 2 online mm. without the added units that, you know, the pro players have, have ad- adapted to using? Or would they just split the community to the ones who just wanted to play the original and then the ones who wanted to just play the multiplayer and maybe felt that these new units were a boon mm. on the multiplayer? So again, I like with the FF14 stuff, when new stuff comes out for games that have online components, I get a little bit worried. <laughs> um, I, I, but I, no, it's going to do well. Regardless, it's going to do amazingly, and I'm pumped, and it's my most anticipated game this year. And that's nice. not going to change. I honestly can't think of a single thing. that Maybe a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid 1. That's about the only <laughs> thing that they oh, could announce that. now that, that would replace StarCraft. Uh, that's you like, really think Konami would do that? <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll get a remake uh, Pachinko Machine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and then I'd go on holiday to Japan again to play it. Okay. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, we'll move on to the final section of the show, which, uh, as we always do on the podcast, uh, someone's top 10, one of the top 10 games of all time. Uh, this week it's Regan. So Regan, do you want to take it away, man? Yeah. So uh, next on my list that I haven't really written properly uh, is Final Fantasy VII, and this is probably a pretty easy one, and probably on a lot of people's top ten. Mm, uh, it's, it's on mine. Yeah, a lot of it's suckers. On, it's on <laughs> <laughs> a lot of suckers. It's on Mike's. Um, yeah. So Mike, join me in this the celebration of Final Fantasy VII. Um, and what to say about this game? For me, this game really defined my early gaming history, and it was the first game that I 
completed. It no. was the, the well, you know. I mean, I think I played Spyro at the same sort of time. Spyro might even <laughs> talk, we've talked about Spyro to death as well. Always Spyro. Always Spyro, man. Yeah. All day, every day. But um, so I, I played this game maybe a year or so after it came out, thinking about the, my gaming timeline kind of thing. And a f- myself and a friend of mine basically kind of made this our like our social activity. So mm-hmm. after schools, even at lunchtime sometimes, his, his house was not far from the, the primary school that we went to. Um, we would like r- like escape from the school at lunchtime to go home and smash like an hour of Final Fantasy VII. Um, <laughs> wow. And... Yeah, just like kind of, it, it, it's tied up with the experience of, of really enjoying the game in that sort of like social real world sense. And also the game itself has so many layers um, and the characters are great, the story is great. Um, give, me, mm. give me give me your yeah. thoughts, Mike. Um, yeah, I don't know, but sort of similar, like it's a game I played with my brothers. Um, I think my older brother got it for maybe my 13th or... 12th birthday um mm. yeah and we just had like you know it's it's when we're still kind of new new to games and like we've just got this amazing experience um that we just spent so much time with um you know playing through the story like figuring things out and just yeah yeah it was just, There's, mm. I, I think the thing about it for me is that the the story like the first time i played the, through the story i didn't get it yeah like, I, it took multiple to really to grasp it yeah. like it, there's it, there's a lot going on in the story but then i think the things that really that i really enjoyed were i suppose what is now the precursor to sort of like the side quest like things like getting the black chocobo and mm. um you know getting all the master materia and did uh, you beat ultima weapon and omega yeah did all all the weapons we basically we basically 100 percent of that game Mm. that's awesome um and like in some sort of back in the day like you know before internet guides you know you'd get you'd have to get a magazine and yeah. Like read. Oh, this is what you need to do to yeah to beat Ruby Weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's here's a, a few like various ways book. you could do it. Yeah, yeah. or um, or like here's how you can beat Diamond Weapon, and they would give you like kind of materia hacks and how you'd be mm. like, okay, cool. Mm. So you take your you know your Knights of the the Round Summon and you attach that to the four the four, four spell th- yeah four yeah. times materia and you do that and you do that twice. And then you, you know, you follow that up with these certain kind of things. Mm. It was the, yeah, there was just so many kind of late game things that you could really enjoy with that game as well. I mean, ticking off all those kind of things. And um, yeah, I guess it it sparked so many, I I guess it's sort of at the core of a lot of people's gaming history and and that everyone knows, you know, Cloud Strife, they know the big fucking Buster Sword. Uh, they it's know, pretty iconic. Yeah, it, it's just like it, that's it. It's mm. iconic, and not mm. on the way that Aiden Pierce's baseball cap is iconic. <laughs> it's genuinely <laughs> iconic. Um, it's, did you guys both have a memory card uh, when playing this game, or did you just leave your PlayStation on? Yeah, yeah we had memory card. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? Is that what you used to do? Abe? Did you have to just leave <laughs> your PlayStation on? Uh, I, I've done it when I stayed over at friends' houses who didn't have memory cards before. Wow. Not Final Fantasy, thank God. Who like didn't an hour. Have a that's a fire card. hazard. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. they came with your PlayStation. Yeah. Didn't you get one with your PlayStation? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think they did, man, because they they make a yeah. mint off memory cards. Eh? They cost like two cents to manufacture, and they used to sell them for like thirty bucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man, see this this goes back to my pre New Zealand era. Uh, I get them for about eight pounds 
in the UK. Oh, yeah. man, so, that's... Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Daylight robbery over here. I remember they were at least about 30 bucks. Yeah, big time. Brutal. Yeah, but it's... um. I can't imagine leaving a PlayStation 1 on for like 200 no. hours. 100 <laughs> hours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. God. Then again, back then, hardware was more reliable. You'd do it and you'd know that it wouldn't crash or it wouldn't freeze or yeah, it'd just work. Maybe, mm. yeah. I actually do have a story about Final Fantasy and memory cards. Um, we had like one at the top of our, our save, you know, you have the mm. old fight on the old, you'd, you'd get slot one, slot two, slot three. Yeah. And our main game was slot one, which is probably what we did wrong. And uh, we ended up, like, I think we were maybe like, oh, we were like two thirds of the way through the game, like nearly up to disc three. Uh, and it got saved over. And I, and it was me, I was the, the numpty that saved over it. And I remember it vividly in my mind, like a couple of my mates who I was playing through, they went out, they went to like the dairy or something to get lollies you know, oh. or whatever insert like junk food here yeah and and i was playing away and then i and i did it i i somehow i saved over that game and they came back and they were like oh how are you going and i was like got something to tell you guys <laughs> <laughs> they're like what's happened like, yeah so oh no i just i just saved over a game We're, we've lost like 80 hours of <laughs> Oh, it was, it was oh those are the days. Yeah. Speaking of memory cards, that actually uh, brings a thing that I didn't realize I missed until I just remembered it. Now, do you guys remember on PS1 and PS2, they used to have those cool little animated icons for each game? When I, yeah. To, to represent mm. a save file? Man, mm. those are great. No, you don't get those anymore. No, you, so don't, you don't have no. to look at a memory card. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, good old memory cards. Yeah, good times. At least if you deleted it that far on, though, you, and you replaying it, there's a good chance that you got to rewatch Cloud and Barrett cross-dressing. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> old Don Cornelio or whatever his name was. And, and, I'm uh, interested to see if that scene makes it into the remake, eh? Yeah. Oh, it has oh, to. It has to. It would need to. <laughs> they, they will do it. They will do it. They'll just mm. do it in a different kind of way. I wonder, yeah. I'm yeah, going to be interested to see what they do with the music yeah. in that game. Yeah, I'm, um, not, I'm not sure how that the remake's going to pan out, eh? Like, mm. how are they going to... I think the thing about Final Fantasy mm. VII as well that really, like, helps its case as being one of the most... Probably one of the most influential games in yep. terms of, you know, its connotations with gamers and, and bringing so many people on board is that it, for Western audiences, Final Fantasy VII put Japan on the map as a game developer. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, so, I mean, mm. there would have been games prior to it, like uh, potentially Resident Evil 1 was before um, Final Fantasy VII. Um, so Mario, you know, uh, Yeah, and so it was kind of, there were releases but Final Fantasy VII was definitely one that's synonymous with Japan, um, mm -hmm. as far as kind of early, you know, PS1 era video games yeah, and J things go, uh, JRPGs and things. Yeah. And so I thank Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it's not, I didn't chime in in the conversation because it's not on my top 10 list personally, but it is one of the early era games that I'm the most grateful for because it, you know, opened up Western audiences to being appreciative of, of JRPGs. And most of my favorite games I play these days are JRPGs. Mm -hmm. And Final Fantasy VII is to thank for all of those coming out over here. So I have a great appreciation for that game and it did a lot, so. Yeah, no, there we go. Final Fantasy VII, we salute you. Um, I mean, it's so old, like we can't, I mean, what are we gonna say? Uh, it's, yeah. it's awesome, the story, so many layers, the characters are great. Um, they even kill off main Except characters. Cloud. Uh, yeah, Cloud's like a whiny bitch. Dick, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> he takes... 
He's know. not as no. whiny as like Squall or. Uh, he's Tetis. worse than Squall though, because at least Squall didn't lie about who he was as a person. Cloud took over Zack's entire life and pretended he, he was Zack, and he only knew him for 10 minutes before he died. <laughs> he met the dude 10 minutes before he died, and then he's like, well, your life is better than mine. I'm going to put your clothes, I'm going to pull your clothes off your cold, dead corpse. But he it, didn't even wait for it to go cold. Do. Took his clothes off, took his sword that had no <laughs> meaning to him. Zack gave him those clothes. Uh, just, just didn't give him the sword. Took the fucking bus. That <laughs> iconic sword doesn't even belong to Cloud. <laughs> Fuck off, Cloud. <laughs> All right, play, well, we, uh, we better wrap call. it up. That's, uh, <laughs> that's probably all that needs to be said about Final Fantasy VII there. Um, but as per usual, thank you, everyone, for listening. We can be found on overcastgamer.com, the main website there, uh, youtube.com slash overcastgamer. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we stream every Friday from 8 to 10 at the moment. Uh, not sure what this Friday stream is going to be. We've been trying to do new releases at the moment. Uh, if anyone has any ideas, chime in, and we'll... Um, We'll see if what, what we can wrangle up there. But, yeah, feel free to check us out on any of those places. And we will be back again in a fortnight. So thank you for listening and ka kite anō. Ka kite, everyone. Cheers, guys.